let's turn now to the Psalms. I'm going to be reading Psalm 98, and you can find this on page 551 of the Old Testament. Listen now for a word from God. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for God has done marvelous things. God's right hand and holy arm have given God victory. The Lord has made known God's salvation and revealed God's righteousness in the sight of the nations. God has remembered God's steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel, and all the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. So make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of the melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord. For God is coming to judge the earth, and God will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah, Mel, Barbara, and Fred, Send your Holy Spirit to rest upon and move about us in this time, enlightening us to your ways. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. For you, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this week I've been thinking a lot about the tension between what we hope for and what our reality is. So I began um, by making a list of all the things that I hope for and then contrasting or comparing them to my reality. So I began with myself, um, with my body. I hope for a strong body, free from ailment, for a clear and anxious mind, for a beautifully balanced week full of meaningful work and conscious eating and Sabbath rest. And truthfully, this, most of the time, good luck, most of the time though, like this happens, right? This, a lot of the time, for a good amount of the time. However, even at my ripe old age of 30, I have chronic back issues, um, which get me in and out of physical therapy, uh, migraines, uh, sometimes my anxiety gets the best of me, and though I take great pride in my multicolored calendar, sometimes I look at a very monochromatic week and realize why I'm feeling so drained. My hopes and my reality. Well, then I moved to our church, and the hopes that I have for us, I hope that we will have unity and agreement. I hope for enough resources of time and money and cash flow. I hope for an always thriving community free of anxiety or despair. And again, we're doing okay with this. Most of the time, we are living into these hopes. 
But we all know that sometimes our reality falls short, and we sometimes find ourselves grumbling and bickering with one another. We sometimes fall short of our financial goals. We sometimes, no matter how hard we are trying to be hopeful, we let anxiety and fears of our future overwhelm us. And then finally, I move to our country, our world. I hope for a strong democracy. I hope for an end to war and greed. I hope for a harmonious and balanced world for all people, for all the creeping things, for all the trees and the flowers and the creatures of the seas to know peace and wholeness. I hope for a reconciled world. And you know, I get beautiful glimpses, we all do, of these things coming from all over the world. But we also know that even while proclaiming these hopes, we have a long way to go. We continue to be divided by race and culture, religious expression and socioeconomic status. Our reality is that creation is pillaged for profit or convenience. And our people all over the world are oppressed by racism or poverty. The reality is that we live in a very broken world. And so we hope for health in body and mind and soul. We hope for the ability to move freely and joyfully through the world. We hope for sustainability and the space to dream big and do meaningful ministry together. We hope for peace and for joy, and for the ability to thrive for all people and all of creation. We hope for these things. And sometimes these hopes are at least partially realized. But I've been thinking a lot about those other times when it feels like all is lost, when the pain and the suffering is just too much, when we can't even imagine that life on earth could be different. I've been thinking about those times. And what shall we say? How shall we be a people of hope, proclaimers of possibility, bearers of the good news, when to do so makes us feel like a Pollyanna, speaking forth unrealistic or naive hopes for a broken and war-torn world? As I explored scripture this week, I discovered that the language in this 98th Psalm is reflected in the middle part of the book of Isaiah. And what you need to know about the middle part of Isaiah is that these are the words spoken by the prophet to the people Israel while they were living in Babylonian exile. They were cut off from their land, their God, their people, their hope. And so they had no good, tangible evidence to suggest that they should be or could be hopeful at all. There was no tangible evidence that their God was still for them, that God was still working to bring them home. There was no realistic cause for celebration or for praise or for joy or for song. And yet... 
they are invited to sing a new song. They are invited to break out of the ruts that they had been in, invited to put away their songs of lament, invited to sing a new song full of unabashed hope for themselves and for the world. The choruses of God help us, God save us, God deliver us, these are no more. For in this new song, there is only praise for what God has already done, only joy for what God is doing in their midst, only awe for who God is and what God is capable of doing. Israel is invited to sing a new song of God's victory as if it is already a done deal. It's not their reality. Their reality is exile. But nonetheless, the psalmist invites them to sing a new song. As if the sea and the sea creatures have already been freed to worship God. As if the hills are free to sing to the beat of the floods clapping their hands. As if all who live in the world have already been freed to live as they were created to live, to be who they were created to be. In this new song, we remember and we proclaim and we rejoice that God has come to judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. God has come to bring about that peaceful, peaceable, promised kingdom of God. And in light of this, why shouldn't we and all the world sing? Why should we be taken over by despair? Why should we only lament and fear the worst? For if this is our only posture, my friends, we will soon fall into that self-fulfilling trap. One of the most important theologians of our time is Walter Brueggemann. In 1978, he wrote the first edition of The Prophetic Imagination. He put out a revised edition in 2001 and named that things had shifted in his thinking and his experience and in biblical scholarship but much of it still held true because our culture and society may have changed, but there is one thing that remains, and that is what he calls the royal consciousness, which is the worldview that those in power preach and prop up because it allows them to remain in power. This worldview is built on despair and hopelessness, it needs the people to be trapped in these systems. It requires that none challenge the status quo. It relies on the people's inability to imagine, to imagine that life on earth could be different. Which is, of course, why the prophetic imagination is so powerfully important. For it is the voice that cries out in the wilderness, Comfort my people. It is the voice that assures us of God's faithfulness, that God is going to break us out of these systems of despair and hopelessness and help us imagine and believe that the world can be different because of who God is. Brueggemann tells us that singing a new song is a way of 
singing into reality a new social system. He reminds us that every freedom movement had a freedom song and that the people could go back to it for nourishment, for a reminder of what they are fighting for and for a word of hope for what is possible and what is coming. To sing a new song is a way to sing a new social reality. And so my friends, on this day, let us not be limited by what we think is our reality or discouraged when our hopes fall short. Let us be proclaimers of possibility, preachers of the good news, witnesses to what God is doing in our midst. Let us be freed from our anxieties and our fears so that we might join all of creation to sing into being a new social reality. Let us be bound to God and to one another and all the creeping things on all the earth. Let us be a people of hope and let us sing a new song. In the name of our triune God who creates, sustains, and redeems us all. Amen.